When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spoiler alert. Miss and Match give away the whole plot of 2018's Waco starring John Leguizamo. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I hate the word. I got one leg and a bucket of chicken. Gonna play a little cornstarch. I'm my werewolf, man. Luigi Mario. Hello, and welcome to Mission Zach's Rama, a podcast where each week we watch something that stars John Leguizamo because he's the best, and then we have a bit of a chat about it. I am Mishwitra, who you might know from never going on a tangent and always staying on topic. And I am joined by my co-host and friend, Zach Ruane, who you might know from... Uh, never going on a tangent, always staying on topic, keeping it to Leguizamo's works, or MasterChef, or One Pot Pasta, the three tenants... <laughs> the three tenants of Mission Zach's uh, work to date. Um, yeah, you might think that because our podcast is titled Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama, that it isn't about one pot pasta, but you'd be wrong. No, you that would is be, what our podcast is about. You would be absolutely incorrect. I, I, I've seen some of our comment on, on our social media. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen so our comment. A couple of weeks ago, we recorded a podcast for a music video that John Leguizamo was in mm-hmm. uh, called Somos Anomales by mm-hmm. Residente. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent music video. Uh, was really, really good, full of themes. There was hours of conversation that we could have had about mm. this music video. Instead, we decided to record a one-hour podcast and we spoke about the podcast, about the music video, sorry, for maybe five minutes. Um, maybe five. And, but spoke about Dr. Phil and Shark Tank yep. for about 40 minutes. Uh, um, could you argue... Could you argue that that is not what we promised on the tin? Yes. I think you could. Would you be correct in arguing that? 100%. Absolutely. Um, is it justifiable that maybe you're uh, disappointed that we didn't talk about the music video we promised we'd be talking about? Absolutely. Um, Fully. Before we before we recorded that episode, I uh, spoke to my friend Sophie, who lives in Panama currently. Wow. Uh, she speaks fluent Spanish. She's one of those people who speaks like fifty languages. She speaks fluent Spanish, and um, I called her. I was like, "Oh, could you watch this music video for me? I'd be really interested to hear your take on it." And she watched it, and then we had a a lengthy conversation mm. about it. She loved it. She she helped me out with translation of a, a lot of what was said. Uh, so I got a lot of good backstory. I got a lot of good information from her. And when then we released the episode, uh, she called me and was like, why the fuck did I take <laughs> a really big chunk of my life out to help you with this, to mm. only hear you talk about YouTube apology videos? Has she seen, Mish, has she seen YouTube apology videos? Well, I, I doubt it. She has taste. 
um, <laughs> and a life. Yeah, you see? absolutely. So, but um, her contouring is a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bitch don't know how to fucking find her the crease in her eyelid, does Where's she? Where's the little white dot on her nose to make it look pointy and perky? <laughs> she knows nothing about highlight. Um, whereas I know a lot about highlight and also from my Dr. Phil experiences. Uh, know a lot about what it is to be a man in a relationship. <laughs> I love Dr. Phil so much. Yeah. I love mm. Dr. Phil and I want to talk about Dr. Phil for the hour, Mish. I can't express to you how much <laughs> I want to talk about Dr. Phil. But that's not why we're here. I can't explain how much I want John Leguizamo to be on Dr. Phil so that we can talk about talk about dr phil more but all these people came into our dms and were like um you didn't really talk about the music video you had us watch it Mm. and there wasn't a lot of talking about the music video could Um, you argue mish that the the burden there is not on i who constantly goes off topic because let's be real you were trying to keep it on track i felt that energy from you of like oh and like in the music video, I feel like there was a few of them from you. Look, you said it. Um, <laughs> I so, would never throw you under the bus like well, that. Well, I feel like that was the tone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like before we started this podcast, you're like, "Hey, babe, just wanna, just wanna, <laughs> I just wanna, um, just bring up the off-topic thing. I think it could be some comedic potential in." <laughs> I'm just saying that I think because John Leguizamo, who's very mm-hmm. aware of our podcast now Mm -hmm. and we know this from his uh continued support on instagram as Mm -hmm. he shares our posts um every time he shares one of our posts we gain a good handful of his Mm -hmm. followers that are like oh we're fans of john leguizamo i'd love to have a listen to this podcast that's all about john John leguizamo Leguizamo. and then when they tune in and realize that our podcast is five percent john leguizamo and 95 percent you and me losing our minds yeah um I think we then lose that handful of followers. I think a lot of people that listen to recaps with Mission Zach, in which we recapped season one of MasterChef Australia, um, were like, "Oh, it's so funny because they're losing their minds." It's really, really funny because like it's um, an arduous process to watch uh, uncharismatic people that can't cook cooking for three hours a week, and they're losing yes. their minds. Um, are now listening to this podcast. Going, okay, so they're watching, you know, solid to good films with mm. a great actor. Um, the, 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 they're watching art that should nourish them. Mm. Um, and they still seem to be um, losing. Oh, it wasn't the MasterChef. They are just mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about the concept of... The MasterChef podcast is these two incredibly talented comedians getting together and losing their minds. How funny. No, no, that wasn't... We didn't start MasterChef because we thought the concept of us losing our minds would be funny. We started MasterChef with the same uh, drive that we had to start this Leguizamo podcast. Zach and I are just a bit fucked, eh? We're just fucked, just how This is how we podcast, mate. Like a lot of people, they do podcasts um, with like, with the intention of like, um, they just like, they'll do a podcast to like be funny Mm. or they'll do a podcast to like get ad dollar dollar Mm. or they'll do a podcast to, you know, gain followers for their stand up careers. Mm. Mission Zach don't do that. 
Because no. here's the thing. Zach's got Auntie Donna. Zach's all right. Zach's mm. got his YouTube channel that that doesn't make him much, but he's a simple man of simple means. Mm. Mish has uh, her career. <laughs> I no. Mish, you shady bitch. I didn't. I did. I was hoping you'd jump in. <laughs> no, I thought about it, and I'm like, I just, I want to hear what Zach has. And to Mish say has her career about where I'm at in my life at 32. Um, Mish has uh, Mission's axe leg was up. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so sorry. I have, I have built a wonderful Instagram full of thirst traps. Thank you very much. About once a week, I post a very emotional rant in my Instagram story about how I feel about something like air fryers. I'm, I, my career is, is going great. Your career is going really, really well. But I just in that moment realized that this is an important like tenant of your career. And I've just been coming on here talking about one pop pasta. I just become over here. Like, if I'm gonna, cunts, if, nobody's listening. Who gives a shit? Meanwhile, you're like, this is my ticket. <laughs> Zach, if I'm going to build my career at all, I want it to be built by having conversations with my dear friend about one pot pasta. <laughs> Um, if, also, if your career is not you. if your career is not built on that, then it is not a career. No, oh, Mish's shit. career is built on being a talented comedian and writer. Um, and well, I'm, I'm just playing. She's a playwright. She's done very well. She's an individually <laughs> successful human being. And, and we just we joke, we laugh, mm. we play, we have fun. Yeah. Um, well, I, to be honest, I plan on building my career by watching John Leguizamo media films tv music videos without saying a bad word about anything he does <laughs> because of, as, as we have mentioned a few times john leguizamo is um, very aware of the podcast we've mentioned this a lot but i think we've gone in depth as to um how much it is shackling our comedy podcast oh we're petrified because the last thing we want to do is offend John, he doesn't know us. Like, I don't want to offend him. I think he's so good. He's like, the reason we started this is because we love him. Um, and the fear that in any way at all we could offend him by not, maybe not, liking something he's created it's, um, is, is absolutely terrifying for me. Comedy, I think, lives in a sense of freedom, in a sense of play and joy. And... um. Just like I think ever <laughs> ever since, I feel like this is we're, we're harboring on this point, but um, it's 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 killing me because ever since he first uh, like shared our post on Instagram, I've been like, there's a very low chance he's listening. Mm. There's probably even a low chance people around him are listening. A hundred percent. And if if ever they do listen, they're not getting through the half an hour of inane bullshit that it takes before we get to the film. Mm. Um, but there is something really hard. I think we learned our lessons with recaps where we were like, we love MasterChef. Mm. We love this show. We love all the people on it. Let's do a podcast where we talk about it. And then we quite freely joked because no one was listening. We quite freely joked about all the people on it. Um, and we made jokes oftentimes like about people we liked. I think Julie, 
you know, we love Julie mm. from MasterChef. My God, you're struggling. This has gone niche on niche on niche. If you're here because <laughs> of Leguizamo, Julie was the winner of MasterChef Australia season one. Um, and uh, we used to joke a lot because people were very mad when she won. So we would joke about how little we cared about her, how much we thought she wasn't going to win. It was all just dramatic irony because we knew she was going to win. To then think, get a few messages, not from Julie. Julie's doing like other stuff, but from the losers that still give a shit about the show they were on 10 years ago. <laughs> get a message <laughs> from them. Zach, you're doing a really poor job. <laughs> Those fucking lame-ass losers. <laughs> to get a message from them saying, hey, really funny podcast. I love it when you tease me. Ha, ha, ha. Was was heartbreaking. And then I just started thinking, fuck, what if, like, these lame-ass losers, Julie's listening? <laughs> um, and she doesn't get it. Like, to me, I understand the joke. We love Julie. The joke is that people didn't. But to her, she's just a human being listening to this podcast and, mm. fuck, they're being mean to her. Basically, what Zach is trying to say is, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say this, we, in and amongst the DMs that we get that are like, why the fuck aren't you staying on topic and I prefer Auntie Donna, there's also <laughs> um, a bunch of DMs that are like, can you guys please do the pest? Our answer to that is not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's what, and we're not going to expand on that. Um, just listen to what we just said about not wanting to criticise John Leguizamo because we're big fans. And then hear us say, eventually we will do the pest because it's in his filmography and we have committed to doing his filmography. We're not ready to do that one yet. We don't know what he has an emotional attachment to and what he doesn't. We came into this like, He's an actor. He said yes to some things that he probably doesn't love. And then you go, oh, wait, hold up. This guy's also human. And maybe this was his passion project. Maybe this is the thing that he got made. Maybe yeah. this is the thing that he uh, executive produced. Or maybe this was the thing that his best friend wrote it. Or his best friend directed it. I don't know. So now you're like, all right. We're never going to criticise John Leguizamo. He's the greatest actor in the world. And fuck everyone who doesn't think that. <laughs> Instead of criticising John, we're going to criticise you for not agreeing with us. You're a fucking idiot if you're, you're wrong. You're a fucking idiot. And if you were on MasterChef Australia season one, you're a real fucking idiot. You're like idiot. that fucking loser <laughs> with the hat. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're just saying we love John. We're not going to review the pest yet. If you want to know why, watch the pest. <laughs> but it's but this is what I'm saying, Mitch. This is exactly what I'm getting at with 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 John, with John and all of that. This that like I just I just I feel so, it was fine to just we won't criticize John if he's this. But now I'm like I can't criticize the film. I can't criticize any of the other actors in it just in case yeah. he became friends with them. I can't criticize. So then I'm just like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> So we, we talk about one bot pasta for 45 minutes, right? Yeah. And then we tell, and now to the film, it was good. All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> criticizing us because we're talking about the film for 45 minutes. We're not talking about the film. It's because I don't know what to say. I'm, it was good. 
We'll talk about the film when it's Romeo and Juliet. We'll talk oh. about the film when it's uh, like his stand-up one-man shows. We'll talk about the film when Critical Thinking, his director, his feature so film directorial debut comes out. We'll talk about the whole film because it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do when I don't love the film. <laughs> <laughs> Help us. Do you have advice? John, if you were listening, <laughs> just can shoot you just us give us the all clear, man? <laughs> just, just shoot us one goddamn fucking one DM. DM. You're sharing our shit, but you're like... We like you're sharing our shit. You support our pod. Can you please just give us a thumbs up with the hey man? If you didn't like the project, it's okay to say so. Because well, that guy losing sleep. All I need. So scared. All I need. If you know John Leguizamo, if you're in his management team and you're listening, you're like listening because you know someone has to listen to it. You're an intern. You're working like seven a.m. to seven p.m. and in that you're hour where no one's calling. Kid. Oh, you're in America, up to thirty, you're working for free. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're one of those guys. All right. Just, just shoot us a DM and be like, hey, man, I don't know. But it's all right. Like, you can you not like a film that he's done. That's the minimum. If yeah. anyone wants to do an itemized list of all of the people, of all of the projects where he's, um, any of the people involved are his friends, whether he's proud of the project, you know, if you can give us an itemized list, like, hey, you can take the shit out of Whispers in the Dark, but be careful around the pest. Hey, yeah. you can tease, uh, you can tease um, uh, Doctor Doolittle too, but maybe just watch what you say about Moulin Rouge or Chef. You know, or hey, actually, you can mock Chef. He hates this dude or this person. Go for it. Yeah. Tear into it. Yeah. That itemized list that will take you a day and a half to put together. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. We would love that. Yeah. And then... just a quick side note as well, though. Mm. Like, um, the Whispers in the Dark line triggered me a bit. I just want to make it really clear that that so far has been my favourite thing. I cannot <laughs> express how much I loved Whispers yeah, in the Dark. That, and that is actually a genuine, like, oh, this isn't me trying to like, but I'd be like, oh, no, it's actually, no, it was very good. I'd never like, seen, as we said, I'd never seen an erotic thriller. And now all I want to do is watch erotic thrillers. Oh, I'm, I'm worried that I'll be so into the erotic thrillers that I'll search out all of John Leguizamo's erotic thrillers, watch them all in a row, and then we don't have an erotic thriller to watch in a couple of months when we really want to. I was saying to you before, Mish, that I really want to do theme months just because we've got such big clusters. I think an erotic thriller theme month, like today is instead of January, it's erotic mm. thrillery <laughs> I look, I'd be up for it. And John, if you are listening as well, for, these are the things. He's not John, listening. this is your to-do list. <laughs> He's not listening. Hey, man. John, this is your to-do list. Yeah. Shoot us a DM and let us know that it's okay mm-hmm. for us to not like one of your projects. Yeah. Um, tell your followers to follow us and support us. That would be really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final thing that we would really, really like you to do for us, I've lost my train of thought. What was it? The final thing we would love from you is um, I never had a train of thought. I'm trying to pick up the energy for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, don't worry, babe. I got this. The final thing we would love for you to do is go us on social media. If you, yes. we do, If we do insult something of yours, Go us in a fun, playful way mm. so we can do an hour-long YouTube apology video. Yeah, we'd love that. Actually, don't do that because the, the, the thing that sits in my gut more than anything is the idea that Tybalt, was he Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet? He was, yes. 
the idea that the guy from Romeo and Juliet, when I'm 10, 12 years old watching Romeo and Juliet, being like, that cunt is the coolest guy I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> the idea that that guy doesn't like me because I made a few jokes about a film his friend directed that he had a part in. Yeah. It burns me up inside. Mm. So, so don't it, actually it do the last me, one. It burnt me up inside the concept that Sam, the kid in the fedora from MasterChef Australia 1, didn't like me. Can you imagine how I'd feel if John Leguizamo didn't like me? If John Leguizamo came at me because I just passingly made fun of a movie that he was in, oh boy, I would, um, I would just feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd feel really bad and then I'd be like... Every time I, I was in like like in America and like he's and if I was on in New York City and he had a one man show I'd be like well I can't go to that just in case he's like there and like there's some splash off the stage from the lights and he sees me and he recognizes me from the two dimensional image of our logo and goes wait a second you and he stops the show and he comes down the aisle and oh. starts like pummeling me oh, like that, that would, would be, be my so fear. Rough. Um, but I luckily, saw, oh, I sorry. saw footage just quickly. I saw footage of a, uh, is it Dave Grohl's the lead singer of Foo Fighters? Mm. Yeah. saw footage of a Foo Fighters concert once where a guy starts a fight in the audience and Dave Grohl stops the con- concert and calls him out in front of everyone. It's like, there's no fighting at my gigs. And like, get the fuck out of here. And like that, like I firstly don't start fights. That's dumb. But the, oh, that idea of being exposed in front of 10,000 people at a Foo Fighters concert. The idea of being like, a fan of the Foo Fighters, Foo you're Fighters, absolutely yeah. right. No, I love the Foo Fighters. The idea of going to a Foo Fighters concert because you of, love Foo Fighters. Yeah. And then the Foo Fighters, not, not the security, not a guy in front, the Foo Fighters call you out yeah. at the Foo Fighters concert. Mm, the concept that you would have enough money to spare to purchase a Foo Fighters concert ticket <laughs> to only go there to start a fight and then to get called out by Dave Grohl and hated by 10,000 Foo Fighter fans. That's very scary for me. The idea of being called out at a Foo Fight. Is the calling out the 10,000 fans and all of those things, Mish, secondary to being, to being at a Foo Fighters concert? Yes, only just though. But Do you want yes. to know a fun surprise? You've been to a Foo Fighters concert? No, I, we got a DM last week. Dave Grohl's listening to this podcast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm only playing. <laughs> Dave Grohl doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, I'll tell you I who does I reckon Dave though. Grohl might be the last person to listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe he listens to the podcast. I, I listen to uh, music to chill out. And I know. It'll... Anyway, we're going to move on now. Um, luckily for John Leguizamo, um, this week we watched a good one. So... <laughs> this one legitimately really liked it. Liked so that this whole one. rant that we just said, disregard everything we just said. Because this one we like. It was, very, it was really good. It was very like... Um, I I I, uh, I kept leaving it. I kept like putting it off, but I had a plan. I was going to watch two episodes a night and then two this morning. And Mish just kept messaging me, being like, "Have you started? <laughs> Have you started watching?" And I'm like, "No, man, it's all good." No, it's because I watched it all in a day. So my yeah. partner and I locked ourselves in my apartment. We didn't lock ourselves in. We weren't like bloody Dan Andrews <laughs> locked you in. <laughs> Yeah, it's Dan Andrews' fucking fault. It's not like Matt, my partner, he didn't lock me in. Dan Andrews bloody did. 
Um, and we watched it from start to finish and it was fucking heavy to watch the whole thing in one sitting. Um, so- but it was also a feat, like the, the six episode miniseries. So I just wanted to make sure that Zach was aware of what was coming for him. Uh, no. Also, I am a bit controlling. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It's important because the amount of times I've come on, I've come on and it's been like midnight the night before and Mish has been like, hey, what'd you think of it? And I go, save it for the podcast. And she'll be like, you haven't watched it yet, have you? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then like, I come on the next day and be like, so I watched it at three times speed and I had no idea what was going on. What were your thoughts, Mish? <laughs> I watched it. I had it playing in the car while I moved house. Uh, what were your thoughts, Mish? <laughs> um, but no, I did watch all of this and I loved it. I thought it was great. Shall we talk about it? Yeah, Zach, do you want to tell Julie Goodwin and the rest of our listeners uh, what we did this week? <laughs> yes, I do. I want to tell Julie Goodwin and the hat cunt from the show that wore a hat. Um, so we did the... 2017 mm-hmm. miniseries for Paramount Network, Waco. 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 We did Waco. Um, I've got a bit of a blurb for Waco, but um, as I was writing and I got real worried about uh, spoilers, and then I remembered two things, Mish. One, we recorded uh, 20 spoiler alerts at the start of this process and I edit them into the start of every single episode. Uh, And two, um, Waco was a historical event that most people know what happened. So I wrote a blurb with no spoilers. Mm. Uh, But then I was like, oh, it actually um, doesn't matter. But I will reiterate, um, if you don't know the story of Waco, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know Mm. like as much as I do about um, Jonestown Massacre and, and those things. I would say go watch this show. Yeah, for sure. You can get it on... YouTube. Where can you, yeah, where can you get it, Zach? You can get it on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Um, we are going to get to the blurb, but I just want to say... No, this is, this is worth 50 minutes yeah. of pocket. This isn't one yeah. pop pasta. It's about the show. So I had a moment. Um, <laughs> when I, I pitched watching Waco because currently Zach and I, are, we live in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So we're in stage four lockdown, which means we can't really leave our apartment except for an hour a day to go for a walk by ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So I was like, let's just watch one of his series because that will take up a good chunk of time, a whole day. Like, it'll be a, it'll be great. Um, and then I was like, I really want to watch Waco because I remember it being very popular. It is no longer available on Australian Netflix. I believe it was at one point, but it's yeah. been removed. Um, so I was like, that's okay. I'll go find it. I then went searching amongst about six or seven different streaming uh, platforms. It's not on Netflix, not on Stan, Amazon. You can't get it. It's nowhere. I went looking on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I could not find it. No, I not. don't like to admit it, but I went looking at some of the... I went dark web style. I, I bypassed the places where they sell weed. I bypassed that and went looking for what... Could not find illegal copies of this. Not that I would have watched them if they were if, illegal. If, if the Kirby family that own yeah. Village Cinemas are listening, yeah. Village yeah. Roadshow... They who have spent millions of dollars on anti-piracy uh, campaigning, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have watched it illegally. I wouldn't have watched them. I just wanted to know if they were there. Could not find them. I contact Zach in a flow. I'm like, oh, I can't find this. I don't know when. And Zach's like, just chill, man. Like, I'm pretty sure you can get it on YouTube. I was like, Zach, you cannot get it on YouTube. I've looked. I've searched for days. I then found out that it's on Apple TV. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get myself two weeks free Apple TV. But then I realized it's not just available on Apple TV. You have to pay to buy it on Apple TV. <laughs> so I'm like, not a worry. I'll pay to buy it. So I paid to buy Waco on Apple TV. I'm like, cool. So now I have it on my laptop. I'm like, I don't want to watch <laughs> six hours of a mini series <laughs> on my laptop. I want to watch it on my TV. <laughs> I have an Android TV. It <laughs> is near impossible to get Apple TV on an Android TV. Is this the most boring story I've ever told? Absolutely. Absolutely. Horribly um, boring. It's so boring. But my partner tried to get on the team. It was like a big fucking ordeal. Mm-hmm. But we got it there in the end. Only to be told. Oh, can like, I now tell my side yes, of the story? Please. Equally boring. So it was around Sunday. It was the Sunday before. I'd already made my plan. I'd start watching it on the Wednesday. I'd locked it in. I really wanted to enjoy this show. Had Michael Shannon in it. Had a lot of actors I really, really love in it. Had John Leguizamo in it. Um, and I was like, I'm going to really enjoy this. I don't want to rush this at the end. So I made a plan. I was going to start watching it on, on, on Wednesday. I had the plan and then I get a call from Mish Sunday night. No, no, Friday, Friday. She called me Friday. She calls and she goes, Zach, I can't find it anywhere. I cannot find it anywhere. And I'm like, that's okay. We'll find it. That's okay. And if not, we can just change to a movie. She's like, okay. She called me again, like a day later. She's like, Zach, okay, I found it. Um, and then did what you just heard, the whole spiel. <laughs> Did the whole spiel. And Meanwhile, like, every 10 minutes calling Zach to tell him what stage I was at. To oh, I got every Waco. single call. Gave me the whole spiel. I was like, okay, great. Well, I'm not watching until Wednesday, so uh, that's fine. Called me on Sunday. It was like, okay, okay. So I've watched it now. I've hooked it up. I will give you my Apple password. It will mean you'll have access to all of my photos. You need to be very careful with that password because you'll be able to hack my phone. But I will give it to you because it costs $20 and it's the only way to do it. I'm like, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's fine. Um, I'll, I'll look into it uh, and then maybe I'll just buy it as well. I can write the, it off on tax. I'd just like to jump in really quick. Mm-hmm. The, the calmness of Zach during all of this was making me so anxious <laughs> because I'm like, I don't think Zach understands how difficult it is how hard I've worked to access Waco, <laughs> what I've put myself through. And he's just way too calm. And in my head, I was like, tell you what, Zach's going to be calling me on Wednesday in a panic. <laughs> just, I'm just waiting. I got so cocky. Go on, Zach. Uh, no, and, and I could sense that in your voice. You were calling every day, every single day. You know, I'm still kind of moving house. I'm still trying to work out, like, how am I going to deal with the fact that um, we're in a lockdown and I have to like get a cleaner for my house, even though I think that's illegal, but I don't know. Um, and I was finally like working that out. And every 20 minutes I'd get a call from Mish going, Zach, Zach, you do not understand how hard it is to get Waco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on, uh, Tuesday night, I was like, all right, I'm going to look into, I want to be ready on Wednesday. So I'm going to look into connectivity because i i also i don't have an apple tv um it's not available on the playstation store um which mish called me on i think saturday afternoon to let me know (laughs) and i sat down i sat down and then i was like okay let's let's work out connectivity and and then uh so that's the first step because i know that's going to be the most challenging i got my partner annie um to set up a google home which we had we had an old uh google thing that you put on your TV to... So Zach and I are not capable of handling this stuff. We just get our partners <laughs> fix it, fix 100%. it. 100%. Um, because, uh, you know, I'd done a YouTube show once and they gave me a free thing that I plug in my TV. Um, so I was like, what I'll do is I'll just watch it on my screen and then connect to that, hopefully. So uh, Annie tried to set it up with one thing. It didn't work. She set it up with another thing. We finally got it going. Uh, then I, uh, got Apple TV. I worked out that and I was 
then like, okay, how are we going to play Apple TV on the Google Chrome? Um, uh, and I started working on it and then, then, and then it was Wednesday, uh, and then it was Wednesday. And I think Mish was getting ready for the call. She was getting ready for me to we- weepingly call her and say, so ready. I don't know how to connect it. And I was getting worried. I was like, I do not know how to make an Apple thing play on a Google Chrome on a, on a like Samsung TV. I don't know how to connect these things. And then I thought, you know what I might just do, because I do remember the little YouTube logo. I might just double check. You can't buy it on YouTube. Um, cause you know, just in case. So I just, I went to Google, which is a popular search engine that some people use when they're looking for things. And I typed in a Waco mini series and then, uh, came up on the screen, um, purchase. And then I clicked purchase and I bought it on YouTube and then I watched it on my PlayStation. And then, um, and then it was very easy to get. It was the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I did do two days of, of working out, but it's great. I've connected Google home now. That's fun. Um, so I'm glad I finally got around to that. And then on Thursday, Mish was like, we, I was talking to Mish about something else. And she's like, have you started watching it yet? Have you started watching it yet? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know how to tell you this, Mish, but um, <laughs> I'm too apt. So, you know, watched it on YouTube. <laughs> And um, I cannot, I've never heard a person lose their mind more than you did. (laughs) I can't. When he said that to me, I think that there was a silence longer than Zach and I have ever been in silence for probably about 10 solid seconds. And then it was a silence. Dealing with that because I can't explain to you. The stress I put myself under trying to access and Waco me <laughs> and Zach and what I put Zach through. Because- I, I spoke to his partner, who's a good friend of mine, and was like, "Just so you know, you're not going to be able to get wa- like I didn't just go to Zach. I went to his partner. And was like, you're not going to be able to access this. Also, not, this is a three-year project. Let's remember this is a three-year project. Um, if we couldn't find Waco, there's, we could have just watched anything else. Yeah. Um, that's a layer there. No, no. It, uh, but when I told you, I remember it was the funniest thing because I didn't really care. I thought it was very funny. I was like, I'll save, we'll save this for the podcast. And I was like, oh, this is a funny story. I actually got it on Google. And it was like 10 minutes of silence YouTube. On, on YouTube. Well, I Googled it and Google owns YouTube. So checkmate. No, sorry. <laughs> Okay, you win. No, I'm sorry. I'm sounding like an asshole. Anyway, pulling it back, pulling up the gloating, pulling back on the gloating. It was like, I told Mish, and there was like 10 seconds of silence, and then just like like the the most guttural scream. No! (laughs) No, you didn't! (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) Great story. Off topic, but more on topic than the one pot pasta. Here is my description (laughs) of Waco. I would encourage you to watch it before 
we discuss it because it's actually really good in my opinion. Michael mm. Shannon is fantastic. The whole cast is fantastic. Here is my very brief description. I thought a description would be good and then a little precursor and then also just catching you up on who everyone is. So this is a little loosey-goosey. Waco is a dramatized exploration of the 1993 standoff between the FBI, the ATF, and David Koresh's religious faction, the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. It tells the story from multiple viewpoints and, and it's about like probably maybe six or seven main characters, I would say. Yeah. Uh, of those personally involved in the story, from the brilliant negotiator played by Michael Shannon, the charismatic cult leader, David Koresh, played by an unrecognisable Taylor Kitsch, until he gets his shirt off. <laughs> and John Leguizamo... <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was funny, but it wasn't. And John Leguizamo, <laughs> as, ATF, <laughs> as ATF agent Jacob Va Vazquez amongst many others. That's my blurb. I think it's important to say the ATF is the uh, American tobacco... The alcohol and tobacco. Sort alcohol, of, uh, tobacco and firearms um, yeah. thing. That's what they're in charge of. They're like the, mm. the, pol the, the national police for that, I yeah. guess. The um, cops for booze and ciggies. The cops for <laughs> booze and ciggies. The cops for booze and ciggies. Um, sort of... Legal vice, I would say, where there is illegal activity around the legal vices is how I would describe. That's the only way I could think of combining alcohol, tobacco and firearms in a category. That's the only way I could put that in a folder on my desktop. Yeah. <laughs> legal vices. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I don't know what the American government's doing. And nor will you after you watch Waco for the Paramount Network. <laughs> Um, I feel like before we launch in, um, I just want to do like a little precursor, very brief and say, I would say the biggest theme is corruption of power. And I would yep. also say a big, big theme is if not police brutality, then the, um, the militarization of the police force of escalating conflict rather than de-escalating conflict specifically yes. in America, but also just as an outlook. Um, it's a very big topic and I think generally speaking we just want to say that we're not super going to go there not because we don't think it's a deeply important topic it's a very very important topic both in the US and in Australia it's an under-discussed topic in Australia one that we need to know more about um, but we're not going to talk about it because it's uh, we're not equipped to and there are mm. better people to talk about the issue than us mm. I think it's really important that people do look into it. Mm -hmm. I think it's incredibly prevalent today in 2020 uh, as, as it was in 1993 during this siege. So um, In America, but all over the world. <laughs> um, but uh, like Zach said, I think that there are better places to get that information than from mission Zach's like Wazamarama. I think um, a person that could actually be a valuable uh, resource is actually in all seriousness, John Leguizamo. He's been sharing a lot of stuff about these topics and I think he's also been sharing a lot of uh, people that you can follow, reposting a lot of things, a lot of people you can follow to learn more about this issue. So in all seriousness, go to uh, John Leguizamo's page and check it out. There's also a lot of um, uh, Indigenous activists, Indigenous groups in Australia, on Twitter, on Instagram that are posting and talking about this. Go and follow 
indigenous artists and indigenous uh, activists and indigenous intellectuals and experts. They are equipped on these topics. Go to them. They are important. We should all educate ourselves. And the way to educate yourself is not by listening to a comedy podcast with Mission Zach. So we just think that's really important to say we're not minimizing or dismissing Mm. the issue. We take it so seriously that we don't want to minimize it by talking too much about it with our uneducated bullshit. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Is that a fair little precursor? 100%. I think you said that really, really well. And I think that if you guys are a bit confused as to what we're on about, watch Waco. Watch Waco. Which you, which you can rent on YouTube. Um, and and <laughs> then you'll probably have a better understanding of why we've decided to take this route. Because um, you know who says, you know who talks about these issues better than us, Mish? Who's that? Waco. Yeah, Waco. Waco. Great series. Yeah, great series. Um, what we will talk about, though, is uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, mate. Oh my which, god! Uh, which we've haven't done much in this podcast yet, so <laughs> let's do it now. Um, I uh, so he, like Zach said, he plays this kind of like who is he? He's he goes undercover. So he's yeah, um, he's an undercover guy that lives across, like so the the ATF start investigating the Branch Davidians and they um, set up they they want to um, get them for. Uh, gun charges Mm. so they set up across the street uh, a group of atf employees to watch so john leguizamo i looked this up because i was curious plays a character named jacob vasquez Mm -hmm. um who is a fictionalized version of a person called robert rodriguez yeah not the film director Mm-hmm. Um, who was who was charged with sort of gathering information about them and, and whatnot. So mm. he plays before the standoff or the whatever you call it, he plays the guy that was gathering information. Yeah. And so he's in the – so this is a six-part series. Mm-hmm. He's in the first three episodes. I've not seen John play a role like this before. It's He's quite um, – and and you feel free to disagree with me. He he plays quite a meek role, less aggressive mm. um, than a lot of his others. I mean, in Pyromaniac's Love Story, arguably he's quite meek. Very different film, <laughs> <laughs> this one. Uh, um, but yeah, he's only in the first three episodes. I was gutted that his storyline ended when it did. Um, mm. I wanted to know more. Maybe that's just because I run a podcast on him <laughs> and I wanted more to talk about it regarding John. Um, but it's a, this really like really fucking cool character to grab, which is uh, gets the whole kind of initial start before the siege happens, has an intricate, like integral role in that. And then just never really comes back. We never really see what happens after because he gets absolutely slammed. Yeah. It's, 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 he, the, 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 it's, I think like it, it is a really cool role. It's, it's sort of, he's watching them and then he realizes that maybe they're not all that, not even that he gets pulled in and he sees mm. that, um, you know, that he starts getting pulled in by the, the cult leader and it, it, it shows there's so much complexity to him, mm. particularly now because he's a police officer, he's on their side, um, uh, He's he he's on their side, but also he he understands the perspective. Mm. I think the themes of the f- of this series are so like in that character. This idea of someone who's talking and listening mm. and growing and understanding someone rather than 
them being the enemy. And it it would have so been well nice. Put, Zach, good job. Thank you. <laughs> it would have been nice to have him trickle through the story a little more. Well, that's why I got so mad. Yeah. Like about he was only in the first three episodes. Fucking great series and got through to the end. Uh, without John still enjoying the series. <laughs> but uh, I wanted more John. Uh, but it was so nice to have three solid episodes. Was it a real John. thrill for you? Like the way it, I feel like episode one um, was it, it was really funny because like um, if you're watching the show for John Leguizamo as opposed to for, you know, Taylor Kitsch or Michael Shannon or any of the, like, there's about 20, like, awesome, awesome character actors. Like, 20 mm. actors, like, all of the same kind of, like, level of awesome. Like, mm. uh, Rory Culkin's in it. Uh, oh, that was so funny. I, about episode four or five, there was a scene with uh, Rory Culkin talking to this, talking to a girl in uh, one of the Davidians. And I just kind of was like lying there and I just said to my partner, I'm like, God, that looks like Macaulay Culkin. That looks like Macaulay Culkin. And then there was this silence. He's like, Mish, that's, that's his brother. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> he does have, he has a Macaulay Culkin vibe about him because they're related. <laughs> that's why. Did you remember, like, Do you remember when Macaulay Culkin, um, he did a thing where he was like uh, he, he put it out to a vote. What He was going to legally by deed poll change yes. his middle name. Yeah. And uh, I think in the end he went, he changed his middle name to Macaulay Culkin. I might be yeah. wrong. So now his legal name is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. Yeah. Uh, but some people, like one of the highest voted things were people were voting for Rory to be his middle name. So it would be Macaulay Rory Culkin. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um. But it's that thing um, no, of like, so the cast is... Oh, sorry, you go and then I will loop back to John Leguizamo and Mishwin. No, no, this is a John point. Yeah. So um, what does happen to me when I'm watching something that's John Leguizamo's in, which has been happening the last few months, yeah. and I don't know anything about it, there is a certain point in whatever project it is that we're watching where I get very excited when I find out he's integral. <laughs> so there's a point where John Leguizamo was sitting in uh, the Davidian's like what would you call it house like, yeah whatever uh, yeah and he's sitting in there and um uh michael not michael shannon's character david koresh takes the gun off him and uh, opens it up and goes oh this has been tampered with so he obviously knows quite a bit about weaponry and i'm like there was this point where i just stopped and I'm like, oh my god oh my god john's integral <laughs> John's integral to the plot. My my John's big, really important. My big John moment uh, was was so you watch the whole thing and there's all these different actors and they're all like really like great and you're like this is good, um, but where's John? John's not in it, but whatever. And then right at the end of episode one, you know the ATF set up that someone's going to watch, and and it's like who's going to watch? Where's John? Is John going to be a police officer? Is he going to be? One of the um, cult members. Where's John? What's going on? I don't understand. This is Michael Shannon Taylor Kitsch. He's in the titles. Where's John? And then the ending of the episode is uh, David Koresh, the cult leader, goes across the street, looks through the window, and then like from the curtain, <laughs> like for the curtain part, and there's John Leguizamo, <laughs> and it's like dun dun. And then it's it a was shot almost of like the reveal was made for Zach and I. <laughs> it's then that it's a shot of Taylor Kitsch. It's like dun dun. Dun, dun, and then credits and it's like it's literally 
for us, this notion of like, for, for the viewer, it's like, oh no, they're being watched. But yeah. for us, it's like, John's here. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. John's here, baby. <laughs> That was added in for those two cunts in Melbourne who make a podcast about him. <laughs> we'll just do a big reveal shot of John. Where's John? What's John? Like they like they should have called episode one. Where's John? Yeah. And say what's John? Where's John? Here's John. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it was so fucking. Oh good. my god, it was so much fun. I had fun. You had fun. Oh my god, but Mish, 1993. You want to talk about 1993? Go, talk about it. When this happened, uh, it was in the year of 1993. And similar to when we did our old podcast, which is Recaps with Mish and Zach, but we said it in 2009. 1993 isn't long enough ago for it to be super interesting in terms of like fashion and pop culture. But long enough ago that it feels quite removed from where we are. Mm. And there's something about a wide leg suit pant on a man that just screams 1993 to me. A a brown wide leg suit pant. Do you know what I, I my big 1993 moment watching this was like there's this really moving scene. Please watch it. I know it's spoilers, but please watch it before I say this. Michael Shannon, the negotiator, gets kicked off. Um, and now they're just going to... It's going to get bad. It's going to get really nasty and awful. This this true life story is going to get nasty and awful. And he goes home and um, he goes home and then he comes into his home and his home's like, it looks like my mum and dad's house in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> uh, because the aesthetic up till then was all FBI jackets and tents and cult house and none of that really changes you don't really know cult people look like they're from 19 whenever the fuck they're from like no they're outside of time FBI people have neat haircuts and FBI jackets they're outside of time but that kitchen yeah (laughs) but he goes home to his wife with a perm In a kitchen with floral curtains. It's just like, here's the most moving, powerful moment in the series. I'm like, oh, it's 1993. Yeah. The only thing I knew from 1993, for sure, um, and I don't know how I know this, but the song by um, Tag Team that goes, whoop. There it is. Came out in 1993. So there was a part of me while watching it, I was waiting for that song (laughs) to come on during a point, like when the the tanks are rolling through, (laughs) just that song playing. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Which would have been incredibly inappropriate, which is why it wasn't chosen. They didn't choose that music, but they should have. But they should have because it was 1993 and it's a quintessential track. Oh, man. It was such a good show, though. I, like, loved it so much. I really love... I actually love things based on recently it's like one of those things that uh it's not really a genre but things based on recently is is like things based on recently as a genre it's um i read somewhere that the creator of the crown um peter morgan i think is his name he he isn't going to go up till now he isn't going to go like people like oh is he going to talk about um what's happening now with like um Oh, the actress, what's her name? Uh, that they're being awful to, that that 
is married. They moved to Canada. All that what? shit. You know the the princess that moved to Canada, the the American actress that married. Oh, Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. That's oh, it. Oh, I was thinking of the Crown. I'm like, they moved Olivia Coleman to Canada. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, that no. was just a weird cross. There's a moment in there where I stopped listening to you for a second. Oh, no, that's And then fair. when I came back on. Like all of our listeners. Like all of our listeners. Um, I thought that you suggested that the director of The Crown hated Olivia Colman so much that he forced her to move to Canada. No. And I was like, that's horrible. Um, there was this thing, people were like, are they going to talk about Meghan Markle? Are they going to talk about um, the just um, awful pedo print so they're going to talk about all of these themes mm. and um in an interview he was like i'm not going to come all the way to now i'm not gonna this series is going to end around the 90s mm. um and he was like the reason for that is i don't think he, he has a 20-year rule he's like i don't think you can tell a story with the vision of history through metaphor or anything mm. until it's about 20 years in the past because any mm-hmm. earlier you can't actually discern what's news from what's history and you can't he's like he'll, he's like I'll talk about Meghan Markle but I'll do it through Diana like I'll talk about those themes those ideas but I'll do it through Diana it's interesting you say that very similar uh, there's a show on Netflix called Dirty John oh yeah yeah and the second season is about Betty Broderick now, it's like, it, I could review the show and be like, oh, look, it wasn't my favourite show, whatever. Mm. But the second season about Betty Broderick, was it's exactly what you just said. They're talking about uh, the, the, the men and women and about how uh, uh, society generally looks in favour of men as being powerful and, win- like, you know, taking that role and women taking the homemaker role and the, the concept of gaslighting and... and women being crazy um also betty broderick murdered her her ex-husband <laughs> but it was that it was very much like i'm watching a show that was in happened in 18 in 1987 but i get it <laughs> i get it now it's about now it's about now though it's about right now as waco waco was about now i love that 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 perception and i think that's i'm a really big fan of like even though it's a bit difficult to do i'm a big fan of taking recent history and going this is history Mm. we're going to reframe it i'm also a big fan and this is the last point i'm going to make of um true to life stories because i have a a going theory i developed it ever since uh, underbelly season one um, that true-to-life stories set in the recent past have a real attention to detail because you've seen images on the news, you've seen what these people look like. They have an attention to detail and a realism that you don't get in something set 50, 100 years in the past. There's less uh, sort of creative license. It's like the effort is to make them look exactly like it. And I think the challenge of that is, is really interesting. Mm. The only difference... The only difference, the hair is the same, the sets are the same. The only difference is everyone in the true to life, in the film version of the, of the real story is about 15 to 25% more attractive. Just, <laughs> they turn the dial up, not too much. You know, they'll take a Taylor Kitsch who, who looks like a fucking Ken doll and they'll bring him down, yeah. but they won't bring him all the way back no. to the real David Koesh. They'll leave some pec muscle they'll leave some arm muscle (laughs) yeah oh for sure like 
I hate to talk about Dirty John again, but it was like they cast Amanda Peet as Bred- Betty Broderick. They gave her the big hair and they gave her the, the big shoulder pads. Um, and they like they made her look quite tired as the divorce proceedings continued on through the show. But it was Amanda Peet playing Betty Broderick. <laughs> if, if you are... If you are a, an obese person, if you're an obese person uh, in a true-to-life news story, if you're a central figure, if you're a... If I'm you're, <laughs> If you're around the edge, they're going to cast an obese uh, character actor. Um, mm. They may, 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 may even make you look a little uglier than, than mm. you are in real life. If you're an obese person at the centre of the story, you best believe that, like, Johnny Depp's going to put on 10 pounds. <laughs> You are going to be, you're going to have a hot person with a little bit of extra weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but also if you're, if, if the character in the story is, is obese and really funny, we'll put Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit. <laughs> we won't cast Mish. <laughs> we'll just we'll cast Gwyneth Paltrow and put her in a fat suit. It's that thing, isn't it? When when like I would say I'm not an actor, um, but if ever I was an actor, I would be a character actor. I wouldn't be playing the leads, and and my heart always like takes a pang whenever I see like. Oh wow, Charlize Theron put on weight and 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 got ugly for that role, and I just mm. think of every single actor, every single character actor that was like, "Fuck, man, Aileen Warnos was my time to shine." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yep. my chance because I said that to Addy. I was like, "Because Taylor Kitsch is really good in this film, and he uglies up a bit," and I go, "God, it would be hard." It would be so hard being a beautiful, like, beautiful, handsome, ripped character actor. And I was like, hold up. It would be difficult being an attractive character actor, but I know who they are. I know about Guy Pearce and Taylor Kitsch. I don't know about the ugly leads. (laughs) It's like, it's hard to be a beautiful character actor. It's harder to be an an ugly lead actor. (laughs) Oh, for sure. If you've got Will Smith charisma, yeah. but you're not attractive, you're not doing as well as Guy Pearce is. Oh, Guy Pearce, it's so difficult. It's so difficult for Guy Pearce. People don't, oh, poor Brad Pitt. No, it's so hard to be attractive in Hollywood. Oh, oh, poor Brad Pitt. He's really good at accents, but people don't give him the opportunity. They only give him the opportunity five or six times a year because he's really attractive and they only think of him as hot man. They only think of him as hot man. So he has to do the hot man movies to make a lot of money, start his own production company and make films for him to play ugly people. <laughs> oh, poor Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, I feel so bad for Brad Pitt. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fat Will Smith, Fat Will Smith from fucking Tur- from fucking Melbourne. Yeah. He's done a couple of independent plays. He's done a La Mama show <laughs> where he really sh- he really shined in his second year production. <laughs> Meanwhile, fucking. Oh. Redhead, chubby Johnny Depp over here. (laughs) He got an ad, sure. (laughs) Poor Brad Pitt. Poor Brad Pitt. (laughs) 
He only got he only got to do one zombie movie. <laughs> he didn't win because, because Brad Pitt took on that role. He didn't get nominated this year. <laughs> no, oh, oh no! Oh, Charlize Theron is really good and really good and makes millions of dollars and gets four movies a year, but she only once has won the Oscar. <laughs> Poor Reese Witherspoon. Oh my God! Good times. What do you give? Uh, how many Leguizamos do you give this film? This show. Oh fuck! Um, right, so. <laughs> in terms of in terms of Leguizamos, um, quick reiteration: Leguizamos is not a star rating. My star rating would be very different to what my Leguizamo rating is. I've been noticing you haven't been tagging Leguizamo in some of the Leguizamo ratings because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Um, So when I give something a low Leguizamo score... It's actually an endorsement of Leguizamo. It's like there wasn't enough of you in this movie. So in terms of how Leguizamo-y Waco was, um, loved that he was in it. (laughs) Yeah. Loved the role he played. Uh, Yeah. A real likable character in and amongst some real heinous. Yeah, and really complex. So complex, man. He has a dance at one point. Oh, that was really that was nice. Um, but I his story ended tragically, not with death. His story didn't end tragically. It was tragic how his story ended. (laughs) Yes, which was with not much of anything. Exactly, it just ended with. Him kind of getting fucked over. And I was like, oh, I want to know what happens to him. And then he just doesn't come back. So I don't think that there was a lot of respect paid to the legs. Uh, yep. So because of that, I'm going to give it two and a half. Oh, yep, two and a half. I'm, I'm wow. sticking my guns. Two and a half Leguizamos. That's, that's good. Yeah, but no. I, I would happily give it four and a half stars as a series. Yeah. And I'm going to reiterate, I really do think everyone should go watch it. It's very, very... I think very, it's very good. timely. It's a very timely story. Don't, so timely. Don't watch this... Don't watch this series and go, was that true? Was that true? Was that true? It's metaphor. It's art. But I think the themes, the ideas it's exploring... Michael Shannon's character, we didn't talk much about him because this isn't Michael Shannon... A clock no. with but mission sack. Who, who's like, which one's Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon's the guy in Eight Mile. Is he in Eight Mile? <laughs> He's Eight Mile. He's uh, he plays Eminem's mum's boyfriend. That's great. I Michael, love Michael Shannon, Shannon looks like a walnut. <laughs> he does. He looks like the best kind of walnut. Like the best. Like when you get a bag of walnuts and you like and you pull out one, you're like, fuck, man. If I was to draw a walnut, it would be this walnut. That's so Michael funny. Shannon looks like that walnut. He's um, he's he's got a real vibe. I I had a real moment. I remember I watched Dog Day Afternoon, which is a film with uh, uh a film from the seventies, and I remember I watched it like last year, and I was like, God, there's not enough like. It, like movies are all like hot people. There's not like character, like there's not movies anymore with like mm. 10 character actors, character actor in the lead, character actor everywhere. And what I would describe as funny looking hot, like were the hottest in their drama class, but then they went to an audition with Brad Pitt and they're like, I'm a character actor. Yeah. <laughs> there's not enough of them anymore. And then I watched this series and I'm like, Michael Shannon is this. They've just all moved to TV. <laughs> 
Funny looking hot. This is a whole series of funny looking hot. Yeah. Um, well, I think like not to make this too gendered, but I think men are allowed to be funny looking hot. Hey, Andrea Riseborough is pretty funny looking hot. Oh, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, also, I know I do this often because I don't think ahead about my Leguizamo score and I change it on the spot. No, I'm going to quickly change it. I am going to change it to three mm-hmm. Leguizamos because I think there was a respect paid to John Leguizamo because uh, an image of him from the film was used a lot in their promotional material, um, which is him on the road trying to stop all the cars. Fuck, how good is that? Fucking one of the best scenes. Uh, it's him trying to stop them from raiding the the Davidian's property on the street that was used in a lot of promotional material and that in itself shows some respect to the legs so I'm gonna I'm gonna boost it up to three okay Zach, so now now I have to talk about my score I'm I'm becoming very conscious um, as I move forward that I've given too many four and a halves I'm becoming aware that like what what am I meant to give chef what am I meant to give uh, you know I know you said this to me but whatever. What am I meant to give, like, the, 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 like, the true Leguizamo film? What am I meant to give a film starring, written and directed by him, for God's mm. sake? If I've given four and a half to Arabian Nights. I've made mistakes. So that makes me self-conscious. Are you, but are you saying now that the Arabian Nights score was a mistake? No, I stand by it. Because what she did, Mish, is she said tomorrow... <laughs> she said tomorrow night I will continue this story. But she was talking... Um, so, so I think that uh, uh, I'm conscious of giving this a bad score. You know, peak Leguizamo, I think, is when he takes his comedic stand-up persona and applies it to heightened drama. That's my opinion. That's when I think he's at his absolute best. Tybalt is that. He's that in. Um, he's that in uh, Moulin Rouge. He does it a bit in Chef. Just this likable, charismatic, funny interesting performer but then applying it to drama is like yeah Yeah, man that's really interesting my favorite john leguizamo is when he's in a horny thriller (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair horny thriller leguizamo he was doing that he was this interesting like you know but he was a little bit of a nasty pasty so that like lost some points because he was a nasty pasty (laughs) go on sorry go on so so that being said, I think sometimes I dismiss subtle, complex, quiet Leguizamo, mm. which is what he was in this film. I loved him so much in this film. You gave me the heads up that he's only in the first three episodes because you did not believe I would finish the series before we recorded this podcast. Yes. So I was prepared for him to go away. I would have loved more of a scene i would have loved more of a like ending to his narrative Mm -hmm. absolutely i think that's a scene's worth of what was missing he needed five minutes more tops um he wasn't when you look at the whole series he didn't have a lot but when you look episode by episode which is how this was released and how tv still sometimes works even though we think netflixy there was an episode called The Strangers Across the Street. Episode two, he was a lead in. So he yes. wasn't like a lead through the whole series, but he was the lead of episode two. Mm-hmm. It's what I've been asking for this entire time. I want more Leguizamo. And I got it. I got it from episode two. For a sixth of the series. You for got a it. sixth of the series, but for an entire hour. But it was a sixth of the series. Mm-hmm. 
If I was only reviewing episode two, I would probably give this five Leguizamos. Mm-hmm. I would happily give it five Leguizamos. Yeah, I hear. Because it was a whole series. Because this is not the Michael Shenanza. Because this episode... <laughs> Michael Shenanza. Oh my god, I've 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 had a secret hate for you ever since you gave Arabian Nights four and a half Leguizamos. I have there's been a part of me that has detested you. You have redeemed yourself, my friend. That was the greatest thing you have ever said. If you Outside want to st- of when you pitched Leguizama Rama to me, you coming up with Michael Shenanza on the spot. You are a professional comedian. Know that. Know that now. If this is the Michael Shenanza, it would be five Shenanzas. <laughs> it is not. So I'm going to dock it down. I'm going to give it four Leguizamos. Okay. Um, but I loved this show and I love Leguizamo and it was great. This was like the best I've seen him yet. And, Ooh, and it really? was because... Yeah, I think so. Like as an actor, yeah, I think it's, the, it's not the best he's done. It's the best I've seen in this run of of what we've done in yeah. this podcast. It's the best thing. It's the best opportunity he's been given. He does great stuff with Drek. He does great stuff with two scenes. See him finally given a complex character with depth, and he fucking nailed it. Four Leguizamos from Zach Ruane. Mish, give us a review. Not a problem. <laughs> okay, so uh, make sure that when you jump onto whatever platform you listen to our podcast leave us a review we really like getting them but make sure it's five stars don't be a bitch um so we've got a review here from uh scrad 11 um and it's called best leg with arms so pod out there do you know what my girlfriend said to me yesterday you should make a joke about legs and arms oh and I was like, well, that's great. Well, Scrat 11 was one step ahead of you. You got a Scrat 11. Um, and they've said, uh, Mark Broden and Zach really shine here in their latest spinoff of podcast. Wow. Um, they're not in this podcast. Uh, anyway, you'll Don't meet Don't feed Zany- the trolls. Mm. You feed them oh, wait, the trolls no, 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 by this, reading No, 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 no. This, it gets good. Oh, okay. It gets good. I'm not feeding the trolls. Scrat is not a troll. <laughs> he's clearly a listener and he's, or she, almost positive it's a guy. <laughs> Because it's an Auntie Donna supporter. But um, uh, they clearly listen because of what they say next. Oh, great. You'll meet zany characters like Movie Zack and Self-Deprecating Mish. Oh, funny. Unlike most of the films they review, this pod is a real hit. Ah, fantastic. But I think that Scrad really uh, encapsulated our personas. You are Movie Zack. I love movies. And I'm Self-Deprecating Mish because I hate myself. You need to watch Nanette, babe. (laughs) It's not true. I love myself very much. You need to watch Nanette. Um, We Um, also got an Instagram question uh, in our DMs that came from a Jackson. uh, And it said, did you know that John Leguizamo was in Miami Vice? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we did, Jackson. Believe me, we're aware. And uh, just watch this space is all I'm going to say. Watch this face because we are watching all everything he's been in. That's the whole fucking concept. Yeah. Watch this face. <laughs> Watch this space for about three years. 
because eventually we'll get there. Did you know? I love someone sending us a did you did you know he was in an episode of fucking Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Don't fucking come at us. With <laughs> do you not think that we're aware of everything, mate? We're but actually, aware do of please, every fucking thing. Please do tell us things he's been in because we might have missed stuff. Yeah, and we don't want to do that. So. Uh, Mish, thank you so much. Obviously, to our followers, follow us on at Mish and Zach. Follow me at Zachary Rewayne. Follow Mish at Mish Witchrup. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you next week. I have to pee. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.